0: everybody, welcome back to the Decal Download Podcast. We are your source for the latest news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. Here with Commissioner Amy Jacobs, I'm Reg Griffin. We appreciate you joining us this week. You can always find us at decal.ga.gov or on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Well, for over 15 years, the CDC's Learn the Signs Act Early program has provided free milestone checklists for families, early childhood education professionals, and medical clinicians to use in monitoring the development of young children in their care. Commissioner, last month, the CDC published revisions to the milestones, and this week, we're bringing our listeners up to speed.
1: Well, I'm so glad we're doing this, Reg. It's so important and uh, such a great program that we're able to help promote. I've heard um, from my very own assistant um, who has a new baby. She just turned six months, That she uses these and takes these to her pediatrician. They're like, that's what they're there for. Um, And they're just really easy to use. You know, I I look at them on an occasional basis just to make sure I'm up to date. And so it's great to, to get the latest and greatest on what the updates are from the CDC today.
0: I keep checking them out. They don't have ones for fifty-eight-year-olds, but I wish they did because it would make me. Too late. Your brain's
1: developed, and that's all.
0: (laughs) That's all we can do for you. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Joining us to talk about the Learn the Signs Act Early program is Bridget Ratichak, Decal's Child and Family Development Supervisor who also serves as the CDC's ACT Early Ambassador for Georgia. Rebecca Ellis is our Director of Practice and Support Services, who also happens to have two young boys and uses the milestones. So we're going to get her perspective as a parent. And Dr. Jennifer Zubler is a general pediatrician in Atlanta and consultant for the CDC Learn the Signs ACT Early program. Ladies, welcome to the podcast today.
2: Thank you very much. It's exciting to be here.
0: Well, Bridget, let's start really with the basics. If someone is listening today and they, this is the first they're hearing about developmental milestones, what is Learn the Signs, Act Early?
2: Um, so Learn the Signs, Act Early is a program by the CDC um, that is was developed um, initially to increase the identification of young children with autism, but then it was expanded because they realized we really need to identify young children with any type of delay as early as possible. Um, And developmental milestones are skills that most children do at a certain age, In the case of the Learn the Science Act Early Milestones, it's about 75% of children do these skills at this age. Um, Children reach milestones in how they play, how they speak, learn, act, and move. Um, And the word milestone comes from the stones that used to be uh, put on the side of the road to kind of show you where you are in your journey as you're driving down the road. And just like we use those green mile markers when we're driving down the highway to let us know how far we are in our journey, um, help us know where the next rest stop is, our exit, those types of things. Developmental milestones help families know where a child is developmentally. Uh, And when we have car trouble on the side of the road, we need to know which miles marker we're at so that we can call someone to help us and tell them where we are. And in that same vein, families can use the milestones when they have concerns or questions about their child's development to help them to understand where their child is and also to have references to be able to bring to their pediatrician or other um, providers to kind of get that support and assistance.
1: I'm not sure if folks caught uh, in the intro, but Bridget serves as Georgia's ambassador
2: for Learn the Signs Act Early program. What does that entail, Bridget? Um, It's a really big honor um, and it's really exciting because I get to meet with other ambassadors from all across the country and from um, several of our territories, the U.S. territories. Um, There's one in Guam and uh, Puerto Rico and all that. And and we get together um, and get to share ideas on how to get the word out in our particular regions uh, about the milestones and about using the Learn the Science Act Early Program and Developmental Milestones. So it's a really exciting honor to be able to kind of be the person in the state of Georgia who is in charge of kind of trying to lead the charge to get the word out.
0: Okay, so that gives you some background on the milestones and what they are. We'll bring in Dr. Zubler at this point and ask, why has the CDC revised the milestones and and how much have they changed?
3: So the Learn to Size Act Early Milestone Checklist, they were revised for several reasons. Um, The program wanted to offer a milestone checklist for every age that the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends a well-child visit. And that was between two months and five years of age that we wanted to have checklists for. And that was to support conversations between parents and healthcare providers at those well-child visits. So CDC needed to add a 15 and a 30-month checklist to complete that series. CDC also wanted to assign milestones to ages when most children 75% or more, would be expected to exhibit them. This approach was to promote discussion and potential action when a milestone is missed, rather than taking a wait and see approach. Previously, milestones were included on a list if at least half of children were expected to reach them by that age. This meant that for some milestones, only half of children would be expected to meet them. So it wasn't clear whether any action should be taken by a parent, or an early childhood professional if a child was not meeting the previous CDC milestones. By improving the milestone checklist, our aim was to make it clearer to parents and early childhood professionals, including physicians, that missing a milestone was something to take action on. The updated milestones were chosen to reflect what most children would be expected to do by the checklist age to better identify potential concerns and encourage conversations and developmental screening, which can assess a child's risk for developmental delays. The Milestone Checklist cannot assess a child's risk for delays. They're only intended to be used for families and early childhood professionals to monitor a child's development. Another reason the revisions occurred is that the Learn to Signs Act Early Program wanted to incorporate feedback and the perspectives of families and early childhood professionals, including early childhood educators, who were using the materials with families as part of developmental monitoring for over 15 years. Some of the feedback from families was that it was confusing to have similar milestones across checklist ages. Parents wanted to know when a milestone really should be expected to be achieved, especially in terms of knowing when to take action on a possible developmental concern. So CDC removed duplicated milestones and made sure milestones were only included on one list that was most appropriate. Some early childhood professionals and families also found it unclear if actions should be taken for milestones that use language like begins to do something or may do something. So vague and unclear language was removed.
1: Well, Dr. Zubler, what's new across the checklist and the supporting materials?
3: Although the milestones are a way to engage families in observing and discussing their child's development, they are just one part of that larger communication tool for families. Along with the milestones, there's new open-ended questions to support conversations between parents, early child educators, and healthcare providers. The questions were added because we know the milestones listed are not all the milestones children exhibit. We also know milestones cannot capture all concerns. And parents whose children meet these milestones may have additional developmental progress to share or other concerns that can be helpful to share. So some of the questions that were added are, what do you and your child like to do together? What are some things your child likes to do? And is there anything your child does or does not do that concerns you? The tips and activity section was also expanded to encourage and provide practical ways for parents to support their child's development. These tips are consistent with the advice that early childhood professionals and healthcare providers already give families. An early child educator helped revise the tips along with a team of CDC experts in speech language pathology, health communication, child development, safety, nutrition, and more. The checklists still contain the act early message, and that informs families about how to access early intervention programs in their state. It also informs parents that routine developmental screening is recommended at specific well child visits right on the checklist that correspond with that checklist or with that well child visit, It also encourages families to ask for additional developmental screening and any time they, early child educators, or other early childhood professionals have concerns.
0: So in the the previous checklist, there was a section called when to act early uh, with red flags to watch for. That's not in the revised checklist. Where can those be found now?
3: So those have actually been integrated, and I'll explain Mm -hmm. a little bit more about that. Over the years, the program received feedback from families and early childhood professionals that two lists of milestones in one tool made it difficult to know when to be concerned and when it was appropriate to take action on a possible concern. Many of the when to act early milestones were simply milestones repeated from an earlier age. Using milestones now that most children would be expected to achieve allowed incorporation of 77% of those warning sign milestones into the checklist. This simplifies things to one list of milestones to take action on. Those that were not incorporated may be better recognized during the child's well-child visit, such as recognizing whether a child has stiff or tight muscles. Or they may be better captured in the new open-ended question I mentioned earlier, is there anything your child is doing or is not doing that concerns you? The developmental experts who participated in this review and revision process agreed that a child not meeting even one of the new milestones should be considered for developmental screening. Just as children demonstrating the previously designated warning signs would have been considered for developmental screening. Because the new milestones represent those that most children their age would be expected to achieve, children missing these milestones or having other concerns should receive developmental screening. I do want to emphasize that if families, early child educators, or other early childhood professionals have concerns, regardless of the milestones, it is also recommended that developmental screening be done since families and those involved in the regular care of the child know that child best. Finally, the act early message is still on all the checklists. It encourages families to talk with their child's doctor about any concerns ask about developmental screening and provides information to families about how to access early intervention services.
1: And how are these checklists different from a developmental screener or evaluation?
3: So that's a great question. Um, Developmental screening is done with a validated tool. That means it's been tested to determine how well it can indicate a child's risk of a developmental issue. Developmental screening with a validated tool is recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics for all children during specific well-child visits, and those are the nine, 18, and 30-month well visit, along with autism screening at 18 and 24 months. Screening with tools like the ages and stages that you may be familiar with and other tools can help determine a child's risk of a developmental issue. Developmental evaluations, on the other hand, are done usually by specialists for a diagnosis of a developmental delay or disorder. Developmental evaluations might be done by a speech therapist, occupational, physical therapist, a developmental behavioral pediatrician, a neurologist, a child psychologist, and more. The CDC's Learn the Science Act Early materials for tracking developmental milestones are not developmental screening tools or evaluation tools. They are not standards or guidelines. They are communication tools that aim to promote developmental monitoring and to encourage conversations between parents, doctors, and early childhood providers about a child's development. CDC has not lowered the standards of early childhood development. The milestones are only to be used as part of monitoring, not to replace developmental screening or diagnostic evaluations. These CDC milestone checklists can help prepare families for developmental screening and to discuss concerns. They inform parents when universal developmental screening is due and to ask for additional screenings if they have concerns.
0: So, Bridget, you know, we have a lot of early care and learning providers who tune into the podcast on a regular basis. What should they know about the milestones?
2: Um, That's an excellent question. And there are lots of things that we want them to know about milestones. Um, First of all, that they're a great way to engage families. Um, We encourage all providers to incorporate conversations about a child's development in all of their um, interactions with families. And we encourage them to do that early when there aren't concerns so that if concerns do arise, it doesn't feel like it's um, out of the blue kind of thing. We um, also, when there are concerns, we strongly urge providers to share their concerns with families in a very supportive manner um, and encourage them to speak to their child's health care provider, let them know that the developmental concerns are um, impacting their Um, early childhood uh, program and um, the child's performance in that program and then help them fill out the milestones checklist, talk with them about what they're seeing. Um, It can be really helpful to use that checklist as kind of um, an objective point uh, of reference as opposed to it feeling um, like maybe there's an attack or something like that and the parent getting defensive. Um, You know, that mama bear comes out pretty strong and pretty hard when you start talking about concerns about a child. And it's really important that we build that relationship with families first um, so that we have that uh, trust there so that when it is Um, there are concerns, we can have those conversations openly. Um, And then we also urge our providers to follow up with the families afterwards. Sometimes you have to kind of bring something up and let it sit for a little while. Um, Sometimes the parent you're speaking to needs to go talk to other people in the family um, culturally before action can be taken. So there are a lot of different things to consider, Um, but then also just letting the family know that you're there for them, that you're going to support them along that journey and that they're not alone, that there are resources out there and you're going to help them find those resources. Well,
1: at we have done a lot to encourage both providers and families to use the developmental milestones checklist. Bridget, what resources are available to them and where can they
2: find them? we have done a lot of great things and and it's really exciting to be able to share them with uh, providers and families. Um, So we have our website development.decal.ga.gov and that website kind of helps to make the Uh, Milestones, a little more family friendly as far as being able to access them, you can actually look at three different milestone checklists side by side, just by clicking um, a button or two. There's lots of um, nice pictures of babies, which is always fun to look at and and all on there, Um, but also information about local Georgia resources and where to find those resources. Um, We are currently working with our web developers to update with the new milestones and that should be out in the next month or so. So our updates will be out along with expanded resources and lots lots more information there. Um, and then also for our early childhood providers, the CDC has a wonderful training called Watch Me, Celebrating Milestones and Sharing Concerns. It's an online training, and we have made that accessible through the Georgia PDS Online Learning Library. So if you log into your Georgia PDS account and go to the trainings tab and then go down to a search OLLI trainings, um, O-L-L-I, then you can find the CDC's Watch Me training. Um, the other thing about this is that all of these resources are available in both English and Spanish. Our website can be, is um, just with the click of button, can be translated into Spanish. The CDC's training is available in Spanish and English, along with all the different resources that they offer. So lots and lots of great things out there.
0: Yeah, great idea. Also, if you're thinking this sounds like a great concept for a phone app, our folks are one step ahead of you. Bridget, there is an app for that, right?
2: Exactly. There's an app for that. It's called the CDC's <laughs> Milestone Tracker app, um, and it's free. So if you go to the Google Play Store, if you're on an Android, or if you go to the iTunes um, Store, then you can download it. Uh, you look for the Light Blue Path, Light Blue. Square with a rainbow path um, on it, and that's the icon. And the nice thing about the app is that you enter the child's name and date of birth, and it automatically populates with the age appropriate checklist. Um, We often get a lot of questions about which checklist to use if a child is in between checklists. So that kind of answers that question. Also, it asks if a child was born prematurely, it will um, adjust the uh, checklist for that uh, prematurity for the first two years. And you just go through and you mark whether the child is doing those skills or not yet and then it will actually produce a report for you at the end that you can email to yourself to your child's teach uh, teachers or medical provider so really handy there and then in addition to that it has all the different tips are on there so you can get that and it has a place where you can um, put in appointments and it will help give you notifications so when you have an appointment to go to the pediatrician when you have an appointment for a screening those types of things they'll pop in there Um, previously prior to the revisions they actually had photos and videos that showed what the milestones look like the cdc is working on updating that so in the next several months um probably early next year because with COVID, they weren't really able to get in and make, do all the videotaping and all that they needed. Um, but hopefully early next year, they'll be able to replace those with updated photos and videos, which is really handy because if you're not quite sure what that skill looks like, having those photos and videos is there. And for classroom teachers, you can actually put multiple children on a single, use the app with multiple children at one time. So you can, um, you could actually have your whole classroom on there and be monitoring their development at the same time. So it's really, really handy.
1: Definitely lots of good resources. So, Rebecca, you are the parent of two young children. Uh, Tell us about your boys and how you have personally used the Milestones Checklist.
4: Yeah, so I have two young children. I have John Patrick, who's 14 months old, and Beckett, who is three. Um, He'll be four in June. So we really um, use the app to to monitor their development. We check off the milestones as they reach them. Um, And it does give us reminders about their um, well-baby visits. So that's helpful, too. So we can make sure we don't forget to bring them in. Um, But we've used the milestones really for their intended purposes. So we monitor their development. And if we have concerns, we're able to go and talk to our pediatrician. And for John Patrick, actually, there have been a few things that he has not done by the the age. Um, So it's like at six months, he wasn't rolling from tummy to back. So we were able to bring that up in the six month appointment and use some of the tips of like putting toys around him to make sure that he could grab and roll to help make sure that he was able to do that. And the other thing I would say about the milestones that are not really um, necessarily what they're intended for, but I would just say that they really help me enjoy my children more. I think some of them are things you would never notice that a child would do. So like one of the one-year-old milestones is put something in a container, like a block in a cup, which when John Patrick did that, we were like, oh, you put the, you know, you put the ball in the Tupperware container and we were so excited. But I think without the milestones, we wouldn't have even noticed, you know, those small changes. And, you know, young children are lovable and cuddly, um, but they're also very exhausting. So having these things to celebrate with them is really exciting. Um, and we just enjoy that part of the milestones as well.
0: hmm. Yeah, that's a big deal. And and you don't, it's kind of like the road uh, example that Bridget was giving. You don't know how far you've gone if there are no milestones to measure them by, and you can actually confirm to yourself that things are going well. And Dr. Zuber, let's bring you back in. Let's say a child is missing one of these milestones or a family has concerns about their child's development. What, what can they do?
3: So um, I'd have to emphasize that missing a milestone does not mean that there's a developmental delay. However, it does mean that you probably should be discussing your child's development with their early childhood providers like their educators or their pediatrician or family medicine doctor or any other healthcare providers. So I really want to emphasize that if families or early childhood professionals have concerns to not be afraid to share them with their child's health provider and ask for developmental screening. So families, early childhood professionals, and health providers are all part of this team for this child, and we all need to work together. And health providers want and value other team members' opinions. We know that families and the early childhood providers, like early child educators, see children in their natural environments, and their perspectives are invaluable to early identification of developmental delays. It's important to know that milestones can't capture all concerns and that the Learn the Science Act early milestones are not all the possible milestones a child may exhibit. Even if a child is meeting the milestones listed on the checklist, or even if developmental screening shows no concerns. If you as an early childhood professional or the families you're working with are concerned, or even unsure whether you should be concerned, trust your expertise that you have about that child. And if their healthcare provider has not already done so refer families to early intervention services for further evaluation.
4: Talk a little
1: bit about why acting early is so important and what's available for young children with delays in their development. I know as a parent, that would be my first question. How do I get resources if I do need some assistance?
3: So as you know, in your early childhood classrooms with young children, especially those under three years of age, they're so rapid in their growth and their learning. And if a child has a developmental delay or disability and they receive appropriate interventions during this time period, they're more likely to learn new skills than if we wait till they're school-aged. All states have an early intervention program like Georgia's Babies Can't Wait for children under three and special education preschool programs for children over three years of age. These programs exist because early intervention is so important. For these state programs, however, children need to be evaluated and qualify for services. So keep in mind that if a child does not qualify for state or school intervention services, they can also be referred for additional evaluation supports and services outside these programs, and the child's medical home, their healthcare provider, might be able to help find some of those. Regardless of what services a child qualifies for their development, it should still be supported. And the tips and activities on the Learn the Science Act Early Checklist, along with the quality early childhood setting that you provide, can really support a child's continued development. Regardless of any evaluations that children receive, they should still receive ongoing developmental monitoring and screening throughout early childhood, regardless of any earlier results.
2: And I'd like to add, um, so for early childhood providers, um, they support children and families on a daily basis, you know, um, they sometimes spend more time during the week with a child than the parents do, or at least waking time. Um, And so they're providing quality care and learning opportunities is the best thing that they can do for children and their families. Um, But also. Um, having resources and information to share with families and um, so that they know where to go when there are concerns, because that's a really um, hard thing as a parent to be told that there's something um, concerning, but not offered the next step piece. So being able to share with families what that next step is, how to find those um, that help in those resources. Um, the Georgia Department of Public Health ha- actually has a wonderful resource line. Um, it's called uh, a program called Help Me Grow. And um, you can call 888 HLP GROW or 888 Help Grow and talk to one of the liaisons there. Um, they actually provide wraparound service resources. So they can help a family um, of children birth through five with any kind of supports they need, but especially with developmental supports. They'll make a referral directly to children first which is that single point of entry for um, children's medical services and, and um, Department of Public Health children's services. So, um, and also just keeping that line of communication open with families. Like I said earlier, um, having those conversations, not just when there's concerns, but every time you're talking with a family, doing those parent conferences, bringing up development, the same thing with the medical providers, bringing up development, making sure that those conversations are happening. It's not just the physical development or the the medical pieces, but what's going on, um, with their cognition and things like that. I can remember my pediatrician would start having these conversations with the children and he'd look over at me. He goes, I'm just checking some developmental things out, you know, kind of thing because he would ask them all these different questions and, and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and I liked that. I was like, cool, go, go for it. Have a nice conversation with the child. Um, and, um, he would play with them and have some toys and things like that just to see what they were doing. So, um, it's just really important, um, Because one thing that child care providers have is a perspective. They get to see multiple children of that same age all at the same time. Parents don't get that. You know, when I worked in early intervention, a lot of times, a lot of referrals right after the holidays. And it was because that was the one time when families got together with other people who had children the same age and could see that things were different. And then they would, um, you know, make referrals or ask, start asking questions. Um, but a child care provider, you know, has a whole classroom full of two-year-olds. They can kind of see when things are uh, maybe a little bit different with one particular child. And that is a very unique perspective that families don't necessarily get, unless they have triplets or quadruplets, in which
0: case. <laughs> the, whole, the whole different discussion. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Bridget, I know we've got some posters uh, out there with some of the child care providers that would now be the old Learn the Signs uh, posters. What should they do with, with those?
2: Keep on using them. It's still great information. It's still um, important information and an important message to get out there. Um, but when they run out of what they have, then they can let us know. And we can, uh, we're working with the printers now to get start getting some of the new materials printed and we can have those available to um, providers too. They can email us at childdevelopment at decal.ga.gov and we can send them some stuff. Um, if they complete the Watch Me training, they actually get a free developmental milestone starter kit for their classroom. So there's a survey at the end of the training and um, they can place an order um, and get they get a free hour of childcare training credit through Georgia PDS, but then they also get a free developmental milestones um, starter kit and then information in there on how to order more of the the materials and resources, so.
1: Well, this is such an important resource and great information today as well. Remind us one more time
2: where to find the milestones. So on, um, for, through DECAL, you can find them on the development.decal.ga.gov Or you can also go to the CDC's website, cdc.gov slash act early. And they have all kinds of great materials there. They have storybooks, actually, that incorporate the developmental milestones. Um, You look for the button on the website that says free materials. It's one of my favorite buttons. Um, You click on there and it tells you how to order and download a lot of the different materials. So um, really handy and um, lots of wonderful stuff out there.
0: Great. Great information, all updated uh, with the milestones. So please uh, take advantage of this if you have not already. And if you already know uh, how great they are, I think you're going to love the changes even more. And this technology, amazing. Uh, Check into that app uh, for sure. Bridget, Rebecca, Dr. Zubler, thank you so much for being with us this week. It's been fun.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Now, what are your questions for Commissioner Jacobs? Let's go to the water cooler.
3: Hi, this is Rita Lang. I work in the CAPS Division here in Atlanta. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is, if you won the lottery, what would you do?
1: Rita, that's such a good question. And you know, uh, my husband and I dream about that all the time. If we win the lottery, what we would do, you know, I would probably make some really smart decisions first, like making sure I have enough for college and paying off my house, uh, things like that. But um, then for sure, uh, taking a really long, nice vacation, maybe buying a beach house, you know, fun things like that to dream about. Um, I don't play the lottery that often, though, um, I have to admit. So I don't think that's ever going to happen, but it's nice to dream.
0: But remember, when you do play that's the lottery, right.
1: that's right.
0: you're supporting george's pre
1: Exactly, exactly you know, i mean i'll wait until it's like 500 million because you know 30 million wouldn't be enough
0: <laughs> yeah you wouldn't want to play around for petty cash no yeah. it's, it's all <laughs> i'm sure gretchen and the team over at the georgia lottery are going to love this yeah but yeah. Uh, yeah it's only the big bucks that That's right. uh, you get in bucks. line with everybody else now it's time for your chance at winning a nice prize in our decal download quiz you've heard the podcast here's the question what national public health agency created and maintains the Learn the Signs Act Early Developmental Milestones? What national public health agency created and maintains the Learn the Signs Act Early Developmental Milestones? Send your answer to decal download at decal.ga.gov. We draw one name from all the correct answers, and we award you with a great prize from Chick-fil-A, Georgia Aquarium, Georgia Lottery, The School Box, Shake Shack, Waffle House, Wild Adventures Theme Park in Valdosta, and the World of Coca-Cola Museum. We would love to award one of those nice prizes to you. So send your response to Decal Download at decal.ga.gov. Thanks for playing. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the DeCal Download Podcast. The Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning improves outcomes for children and families by strengthening early learning experiences in partnership with early education programs, professionals, stakeholders, families, and communities. Their vision is that every child in Georgia will have equal access to high quality early care and education. For more information, visit their website at decal.ga.gov. Join the conversation at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.